That's right. Taps is playing. And you know what that means, everyone. It's time for another <laughs> debate post show here on Doomed with Matt Binder. This one, not as sad and depressing as the Trump-Biden debate of last week, but still sad and depressing nonetheless. And to help me walk through what we saw tonight, it is my pleasure to introduce Kate Willett, co-host of the Reply Guys podcast. Kate, thank you so much for joining me. Hello, thanks for having me. I am, well, let me pull us up on the uh, feed here, because right now people just see the doomed logo. One second. Do, 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 do. There we go. Now everyone can see our pretty faces. Uh, Kate, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Actually, uh, could you move your webcam down? Just a, 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 there we go. Perfect. Now we're wow. now, now, now our heads are at the same level and looks great. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> So, Kate, what is your what what are your feelings about this this debate? And I want I, I want to hear from you first because I got my own uh, take on on what we saw tonight. Well, I'm just gonna go into full pundit mode for a second, okay? Do well, it. Matt, I think I think that well, Matt, I think the winner of tonight's debate was clearly the fly. Um, <laughs> it landed on Pence's head. <laughs> that was an amazing moment. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it was like it was definitely better than last week. Kamala, she seemed. I mean, like obviously it's like neoliberal, terrible policies. Her state's on fire, and she's talking about how we're not banning fracking, and you know nobody's like. I think people are talking about like you know. Let's forgive ten thousand dollars of student loans. It's not like bold policies that are going to excite people, but at the same time, I feel. Like, I even feel, as someone who is a leftist, I'm like, I just, competence actually sounds good right now. And she seemed like a person who at least knew to lie in the job interview, whereas Mike Pence is, like, in the job interview, and they're like, what are you going to do on your first day? And he's like, kill you all. Well, you know, like, it's just, he was so menacing. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be this person, but there was something a little bit relaxing about someone who just seemed like basically competent in some way and if I felt that as a person who pretty much hates Kamala Harris's policies I feel like other people probably felt that too you know right I mean, excuse me <clears throat> I'm like obviously I have COVID now I mean obviously I was just yes, watching this exactly. debate I you mean the, the I, I must have I feel like that is the prime source of COVID in the entire country right now that's the exactly that's where it's all emanating from. But I agree that the fly, a fly seems to be what everyone's talking about. I mean, a fly landed on Mike Pence's head and it wasn't even like a quick, like, oh, landed and he moved and it flew away. No, it, it stuck around for quite a while. And, uh, like a corpse too. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just like, he's, he's rotting on stage. Right. I mean, he didn't look too good. He really did look like he was getting sick. I mean, he's I mean, like pink eye. Yeah. I mean, I say this as someone who's just coughing and, and, and obviously dying right here in front of you on the live stream. But no, my cough is like I've got allergies. And I know that because I've I found out that this is what's going on with me. But Mike Pence, I know he says he's been testing negative, but he's in the White House with all those people who are testing positive. And then he goes up there and he borrowed Biden's old bloody eye from 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 the primaries. And he's he looks he looked pale his eyes were sunken in. He's got a fly landing on him, which means obviously he's, like you said, he's rotting away. He didn't look too great. But, uh, you know, to, to substantiate, I agree with you, though. Like, I'm someone who was, you know, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden do not excite me. But, and this is even beyond, like, how I felt uh, when Hillary was the nominee, although I still voted for her. Um, you know, at this point, I, I can't even really do the old uh, leftist critique on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris at this stage of the game. I just feel completely and overwhelmingly uh, 
sort of the uh, de- I don't even know how to describe it. Just demoralized by the Trump administration. Yeah. That that is just like we got to get these guys out of there. And I, I gotta say though, with that said, I felt like Kamala Harris did a a good job tonight for the most part. When what she did do was great. It's what she didn't do that left me disappointed. And to me, the biggest failure of her performance tonight was simply the fact that she didn't call Mike Pence out for not answering a goddamn question. Mike Pence answered nothing. And she just let that slide. Uh, And on top of that, this is the part that angered me the most. So the moderator, who sucked, what was her name? Susan, do you remember what her name is? Susan gonna have a drink after this. Something like that. Right. I think it was like, maybe Paige seems right. I don't know that you told me the first name. Because I couldn't remember her first name. So Susan Page, right. So she asked Mike Pence, you know, as someone who uh, is part of the Trump administration and you guys are trying to dismantle the ACA, how would you protect people with pre-existing conditions? And so he goes, good question. Kamala Harris, are you and Biden going to pack the courts? Aha, you're not answering that question. Are you kidding me? How do you not call him out for, for using that to deflect from the fact that he didn't answer a question? It was like mind-boggling. Well, didn't the moderator call him out on that? I think. I mean, she definitely said something like, okay, but you've never said what your plan is. I don't know. I, honestly, I might have been tweeting at that part. I agree with you that Kamala should have uh, called out Mike Pence more for his evasions. I, I also think that both Kamala Harris and the moderator like seemed to be conscious of uh, like trying to make the debate seem like it wasn't going off the rails. Like I think just cause last week was so um, combative, you know, and it was just, I mean, everyone was talking over each other and stuff that they both, both of them seemed very much like, okay, we're going to be good students and we're going to play by the rules and like to kind of provide, um, you know, a foil to the the level of crazy that we saw last week. To me, that seemed like what it was. But, you know, I also agree with you that she should have called him out because, I mean, he didn't answer anything. The Trump administration has been saying that they're going to come up with a health plan for like, you know, since 2015, before they were even in office. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely have it. Um, I'm going to I'm going to get it to you soon. Like, for sure. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get a, a key made for my landlord. Right. The, 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 our healthcare plan is actually stapled to uh, Trump's tax returns. Yeah. So as long as soon as we get one of those to you, you'll, you'll automatically get the other. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get it. We'll, we'll definitely get it to you. It's like uh, <laughs> basically like what you do when you have like a job that you don't like and you just kind of keep putting off doing the work. <laughs> we'll circle back. Right. Now, now. What was what what was the point tonight where you because for me I just shared that that was the, the, that part of the debate just angered me so much that he had the nerve to to call her out for not answering that question in his attempt uh, to not answer a question. Uh, what what was the point for you tonight where you were just like this is fucking bullshit? <laughs> um. Hmm. I mean the whole thing, really. But yeah, for no, me, that was like the thing. point where I was like, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I've had it. I can't even, I can't even criticize like, like the her like saying she's against banning Biden administration against banning fracking, which is extremely bothersome to me. But I, at that point, I was like, all right, I'm not going to mention that again because this fucking Pence guy just pissed me off way too much. Yeah, I think that the moment that really had me frustrated is when they just started arguing about who hates China more. Uh, I think Kamala Harris was talking about uh, all the COVID deaths. Totally reasonable thing to be the main focus of the debate, you know, and then Pence brings up that, you know, Trump uh, stopped letting people in from China and then they just start debating whether Biden or Trump hates China more. You know, it's just like, 
I don't know. I know there are like wacko people that this is a big issue for them, but I would imagine that most people care a lot more about the pandemic being resolved at some point, seeing our friends before 2022 and maybe going back to work. Right. I mean, this, I'm glad you brought that up because it is a great, uh, another great example of something Kamala did not do. How do you not segue from that dumb conversation that no one in America cares about except the like the right wing who loves turning China hate into a policy issue? But no no one no American person who's like struggling at home gives two shits about this topic. How, but how do you not take that opportunity to segue into Donald Trump just shutting down any sort of negotiations for a coronavirus relief package? How did this how does how does that not come up at all? Yeah, she really did not uh, did not go for that. I think she mentioned it once, and I think that she mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I think she de she definitely mentioned like all the job loss, and I think definitely hit the impact uh, economically of coronavirus a few times. But uh, I think you're right. There was a lot of news just from today and yesterday that should have been prominently featured. You know. Uh, right. I mean, to me, I'm like, if I was, like, you know, this is, okay, I'm not running for president, but if I were running for president against Donald Trump, it would just be like COVID, 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 because it's like, everyone just wants to go outside, you know? Now, we now, just, people's lives have been so fucked up by this, you know? Now, now Kate, to play devil's advocate here, I have, to, I have to bring up the obvious response to someone trying to turn the coronavirus into a Trump issue. Are you ready for this? I want you to you gotta strap in. Strap in. Yes. Have you heard a little thing that happened under the Obama administration called the swine flu? Oh yeah, that was so dumb. I to me that was kind of a wow moment because you know, like the response that that produced probably in myself and probably the viewer was like Oh, yeah, I do kind of remember that. But, I mean, you're asking people to wait. Oh, yeah, I do kind of remember that. Next to my life is still extremely fucked up from this thing that's happening right now. And to me, I think it just made Pence look worse. Right. And they constantly bring it up. Trump brought it up last time. And I keep thinking to myself, like, what world do they live in? Like, if you and I were debating and... I started a war that left 10 people dead, but you started a war that left a million people dead. And I brought up, uh, hey, your war killed a million people. And you, as your comeback, were like, oh, yeah, what about the 10 people who died in your war? Yeah, everyone, everyone would look at you like you were insane. Yeah, which is exactly, I think, what people are doing. I don't think that... I don't know. I thought till last week I was like Trump is Trump is going to win. Like he's going to win by especially after the last debate. I was really depressed cuz I mean Biden just I felt like in that last debate all Biden had to do was seem mentally there in some way and he didn't, you know? And right. so I was like I was getting really scared. But then now after this COVID shit, I'm just like these people just seem so uh, amazingly incompetent. And I think in 2016, the mood of the country was a mood of wanting change. And now I feel like the mood of the country is really like, we really want to not be in the pandemic. And I, I'm not saying this in the way that like Joe Biden, you know, is talking about like, you know, going back to the Obama days or whatever. I, I think people really do want Medicare for all and student loan relief and all of the great policies that Bernie was advocating for. But, you know, I, I definitely think that on a lot of people's mind right now is just being able to resume some kind of normal life, which Pence and Trump have proven that they will, uh, never give us, you know? Right. Right. It's it's like, you know, I, the, the swine flu thing, I just keep coming back to how they bring it up because it's like, I, if you look at the numbers, 14, I think it's something like 12,000 at the end of that year. Uh, 12,000 people died in the U.S. I think the total ended up being like 14,000 people died in the U.S. of swine flu. And they bring that up to co in, when, they, when they're in comparison to the 210,000 people who've died under their pandemic in half the amount of time. It's, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, 
It's, I think we need to be one of those like loser libertarian dudes in San Francisco or whatever. He's like, well, oh yeah, just to be devil's advocate here, you know. And it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, neckbeard. You know, like, come on, we can all see reality. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Right. Now another, uh, I think I think Kamala Kamala uh, started out. You know, I think she started out strong and she kind of just like. Let uh, she shouldn't have let Pence interrupt her all the time. She did like the moderator's job is obviously to to do something about that. But as we've seen, the moderators uh, cower in fear to the Trump administration for some reason. Yeah. I guess that's what happens when you get uh, two uh, right wingers to moderate uh, the debates. But um, you know, I, 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 she should have been more. She shouldn't. She just shouldn't have let him interrupt her as much as she did. But all around, I think you know when she when she spoke, she was good. It, it, the, my problem is more what she didn't say. Like you know, another thing that I just thought of. So so she gets asked about the um <clears throat> the the vaccine uh, if there's a coronavirus vaccine, and she yeah. says you know if the doctors tell me that I will take it. Uh, that that it's safe to take, then I'll take it. But if Trump tells me it's safe to take, I'm not going to take it. Which seems like a reasonable, sensible thing, knowing that Trump has used the vaccine as a political uh, tool. But then Pence comes back at her trying to use science against her, where he says, wow, I can't believe you would you know, stoke that sort of mentality in the minds of the American people and make them think that the vaccine wouldn't be safe to take. Now, at that point, she should have brought up the fact that Donald Trump has been promising that the vaccine is coming any day now and certainly before the election. She should have made put Mike Pence on the spot. The, the reasonable guy in the Trump administration, Mike Pence, she should have put, and I put that in quotes, I did air quotes on the stream for the podcasters, yeah. uh, the podcast listeners, I should say. Um, she should have put him on the spot and said, Hey, Mike Pence, is the vaccine on schedule to come out before the election? Put put him on the record as either A, lying by saying there's going to be a vaccine in the next 27 days, which there clearly is not going to be, or B, have him call Trump a bullshit artist himself. I mean, he's not going to say those words, but by going against the fact that a vaccine's coming out before the election, he'd basically be saying that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. She absolutely should have done that. I, I also thought that another interesting thing about that moment is Pence was saying, you know, like, what, you don't trust vaccines? And, you know, he's kind of painting Kamala as an anti-vaxxer. But I mean, his base is full of anti-vaxxers. Same thing right. with the shutdown. Um, like, when he was listing the good things that Trump did in his COVID response, one of the things was he shut down the country for, I think he said two months or something, you know, and, uh, like, it, like that was, you know, somehow a good thing, but his base is anti-shutdown, and I think that the only reason that somebody who thinks a shutdown is a good idea, like, if that person, if that's a priority, rather, like, getting the pandemic under control and you believe that uh, shutdowns work, like, you're, you're going to be voting for uh, Biden-Harris, you know, like, nobody who wants uh, to shut down <laughs> is right. casting their vote for Trump-Pence. So I, it felt like it was kind of a misunderstanding of the potential votes that they might pick up, you know? Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. I, you know, if you're, if you're an anti-vaxxer who's uh, your thing is just like you're one of those like wellness moms on Instagram who just like, hates only- vaccines but yeah. isn't like full-blown conservative or, or Trump supporter, you might have come away from that Kamala uh, Pence exchange thinking, hell yeah, Kamala, question those vaccines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's no, one- no, what they do or not, you know? Right, one step away. I'm sure on the anti-vaxer podcast right now, they're also uh, complaining that Kamala uh, didn't say certain things like I am. But their version of it is: Listen, she just needed to go the next step and say <laughs> vaccinations cause autism, and then that's it. She would have had our little group of of, of podcast listeners sold. Thank yeah. you for listening to the anti-vax daily. This is uh, uh, Instagram mom seven six five two three. Yeah, well, the the wellness moms, the anti-vax wellness moms, they're all getting really into QAnon now. Right, but they don't even. I I don't think a lot of them know even 
where this is all comes from. Like there is, and I've covered so much on this show. My listeners probably, I mean, someone mentioned to me, I think I mentioned it in the last show. Someone mentioned to me that they think I might be the first person who had a podcast episode critically discussing it like three years ago. And like, it's, it's to me, I, I see these different groups falling for this shit and I don't even know all of them realize what they're getting themselves into. Like there are the ones who just are like obsessed with like saving the children and they hear that Donald Trump is, you know, cracking down on the global satanic pedophile ring and they go, oh, I never knew this about Trump because I don't pay attention to anything that's realistic and truth <laughs> and, and, and truthful in the news. Uh, I never knew this, so I guess I'm a Trump supporter now. But with the with the the vaccination people, I, I, at least the wellness ones, the ones who are full board anti-vax, they probably know where they are. But the wellness people who are just like dabbling in that world, they might you know they might not be full on Trump because they might not realize they're in that that, that same. They might not realize they're a tentacle of the QAnon octopus quite yet. Yeah, they just want to, they're like, save the children. I'm into it. We should save well, children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like uh, uh, in the uh, chat here on YouTube, uh, James says, ah, Matt knows, uh, sounds like Matt knows how we felt voting for Kerry in 2004. Uh, buddy, I don't know how old you think I am, but I voted for Kerry in 2004. <laughs> I'm an old man. Uh, that was actually my first presidential election I was able to vote in. So that that that's I'm not that old, but I'm older than that that, that guy thought. Um, so you know, I, and for anyone who's listening and thinks I'm being hard on Kamala while avoiding Mike Pence, I'm literally criticizing Kamala because I think she did better. Uh, and so I'm just let like this is constructive criticism on how I wish she would have delivered, because I would like uh, like the Biden Kamala ticket to win. I'm really not worried about <laughs> the Pence administration, uh, the Trump Pence administration, in terms of like me, like, oh, come on, guys, you should have done this because I don't want them to win. <laughs> I honestly, I got so mad at Trump supporters last week because I-, I tweeted a joke about President Trump. Uh, let's just say I do not wish him well with his COVID. And so I got like this storm of emails from like just a bunch of like really gross white supremacist people that support him and stuff and you know it was just like really upsetting and however invested i was in the presidential election before i just my my level of investment stepped up because like honestly biden was not my candidate i was a huge bernie supporter and uh, you know i want biden to win but i just was kind of like focused on down ballot races but uh something about this experience it kind of was just just, like sort of reminded me like man this like (laughs) I don't know the proud boys stand back and stand by thing. It's, it's really, it's really dark and it's really horrible. And, uh, I, I will be glad to be fighting a different enemy, uh, in January, hopefully, but, uh, yeah, but so I, I, you know, I've been feeling like Trump is going to win. And this week I just, I really changed my mind. I was like fucking around with, uh, one of those like election trackers, I think on New York times, the upshot, like, I'm just like, I just went, but, full like um lib backslide right i'm like on 538 but it really does not seem like really does not seem like trump is gonna win and i feel like i have 2016 ptsd that wants to say like oh he can win no matter what but it it really doesn't seem like he's going to listen i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna completely count them out because you never know but this is this this is not 2016 yeah. I think I think people really need to understand that this is obviously we've already lived under almost forty years now of the Trump administration. Um, uh, do uh, listen. My thing was always that the Bush administration uh, was far worse because they were competent operators. Yes, and that you know when you're talking about things like war and getting bad, and when I mean bad, I mean harmful to. Uh, America, the American people, especially uh, those who uh, the working class and, and people in poverty, ones that are harmful to them, they were able to get done what they wanted to do. Whereas the Trump administration, thank God they were incompetent because that means they were incompetent to get those things that the Bush administration were able to do. They were in, in, unable to get that to happen. So yeah. I always maintain that the Bush administration was worse. 
Uh, I still say that the Bush administration, when it's all said and done, even counting COVID, the Bush administration will still have the all-time record for being responsible for the most deaths. Because I like to count uh, all human beings, not just the ones living here. Yeah, uh, I agree. So, but the one area where the incompetency is completely dangerous that we now see is when there's a pandemic. And that's when the incompetence isn't, whew, thank God they can't get done what they want to do. That's when the incompetence is, the incompetence is killing people. Um, so, you know, I can't wait for them to, to I, we, I feel the same way you do. They need to, Trump and Pence need to lose. They need to get out of office. And then we could really, I mean, get full board back into uh, going after the Dems and criticizing Biden and Harris and pushing them left. But right now we got 27 days. We could, come on, come on, leftists. We could hold it for 27 days. Keep our eyes on the prize. I'm not saying you got a phone bank. I'm not saying you have to do any of that shit. I'm not going to, you know, there, my, you know, I would do that for someone I felt strongly about. I'm not going to do that for someone who I just want to win for harm mitigation. But, you know, they need your vote to win, especially if you are in a swing state. And, you know, we got to at least do that, I think. That's my, that's my view on that. Yeah, I mean, I think in addition to 2016, part of the reason that I've been feeling like Trump is going to win until this week is I do think about that 2004 election. And uh, I just, you know, I mean... Bush was so bad and the mood in the country was just so dark and, you know, just what we were doing um, in Iraq was just, it was heinous. Uh, and I, I couldn't believe that people voted for him again, you know, like, cause it just felt so miserable. But I do think, you know, I've been feeling like that could happen again, you know, like just because, I mean, Kerry was a really uninspiring candidate and so was Biden. But, you know, I think like, Really, unfortunately, the thing about a war in another country is that a lot of people do not. Well, there's many unfortunate things about it, but one unfortunate thing is people don't pay attention to what's happening in it. You know, like, you know, like I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely remember like yelling at my family members about like this is happening and this is wrong. But people were kind of mostly checked out from it and like, oh, I'm sure it's necessary for some reason. But the pandemic is the thing that is affecting every person in the U.S. in some way. And so I, I think that makes it a lot harder for people to just kind of check out and pretend it's all going fine. Right. I mean, we're, we're living under I, I mean, I, I you know, it's it's crazy to think how this year started with so much hope. Oh, 2020. Birdie's going to win, man. Yeah. yeah. I know that was like I rem the, the night of the new Nevada primary and New Hampshire, New Hampshire and Nevada, but especially Nevada. I mean, I was just ecstatic. It was just like it's over, libs, you know. Like I was right. so happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I, I I'm honestly looking forward for the year to end because I got I'm holding the joke I'm gonna make on December 31st, which is, you know, looking back on this year, I think we can all agree what the low point of 2020 was, the Iowa. Uh, the Iowa caucus app, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think like, yeah. looking back, like, you know, holy shit, I can't believe that happened this year. Like it, it really puts everything into perspective just how terrible things have gotten and what we were yeah. like complaining. I mean, obviously we were right for complaining about these things, but like small bore compared to a uh, 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 global pandemic. Yeah, I mean, but sometimes, and not to be, like, too emo, because this, this will make us sad, but I think about, like, what it would, what what kind of hope we might be feeling right now if Bernie Sanders were running for president, you know? I just, like, the possibility of really having $200,000, or, no, $2,000 a month uh, for every person who lives in the United States, including undocumented people, including kids, you know, having health care for everybody, like just how much easier it would feel to get through the next year of the pandemic with Bernie Sanders in charge. And it's just like, it's kind of uh, a bummer to think about, like, even if Biden wins that like, I personally am still going to be in the same fuck situation, you know? Right. But I, mean, I, 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 oh, go ahead. I'm sorry for cutting you off there. 
say, but I definitely would, you know, if you give me a choice between being in a fuck situation for the next, like, year or two versus the next, like, five years, yeah, I'm going to choose one year, you know? Right. I mean, I do think I do think there is room to push uh, the Biden-Harris uh, administration. Well, number one, this is what I'm looking forward to. Um, there is going to no longer be all these uh, really uh, center-right people who just hate Trump's tone but really don't care about anything else in politics and barely pay attention usually if it wasn't for Trump for them to no longer care once again, because then the, because that, that is honestly what hurt uh, the left in the primaries. Uh, all these people, like the blue wave was thought of as like, Oh, all these progressives are going to come out and, 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 and vote for progressives. And uh, the, the Republicans are going to get swamped. Well, no, the blue wave is actually just like centrist Democrats and like, maybe center-left Democrats at most, like the moderates. And yeah. like, yeah, they're coming out in major numbers and they're going to uh, wipe out the Republicans. You know, I don't know, you know, who's going to lose, but it's clear that there's going to be a lot of Republicans losing, even if, who knows, Trump pulls it off somehow at the top of the ticket. It looks like there'll be Senate seats won for sure. Um, but the blue wave also came for the left because the blue wave wasn't the left. Yeah, no, I mean, people always, like, I see people saying, you know, accelerationist type people, you know, oh, well, you know, if, uh, if Biden wins, you know, all these people are going to go back to brunch. But it's like the people who would go back to brunch in that case are the people that you want back at brunch. Because what they're not, what they're doing when they're not at brunch is they're figuring out how to sabotage you know, Bernie Sanders and Rashida and Ilhan and IOC and the people that we love or preventing us from getting leftist candidates elected to local and state office. As much time as they spend on Trump, they spend on trying to sabotage leftist goals. Right. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I wish less people were politically active, yeah. but these people aren't politically well, active. They just... Right, yeah. right. Like they just hate Trump. Like yeah. if they were to actually get involved in politics and actually like educate themselves and understand the issues and everything, uh, then that's great because they don't even uh, then they would love to have them more involved because they would probably have a better understanding of the issues. But literally, like their number one complaint that type that we're discussing is like, oh, Trump's been making me care. You know, Trump's been Trump's been, you know, I hate how he tweets. Like, no, yeah. that's not what's bad about Trump. <laughs> yeah, I agree. In fact, you know, I hope Joe Biden continues this new presidential, uh, this presidential way of tweeting and gives us the entertaining daily tweets like uh, Trump does, just yeah. without the bad policy behind them. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like, I can you think, like, can you imagine how much we would have loved it if, if Bernie Sanders, someone we love, tweeted like, Happy New Year to everyone, including the haters and the losers. That would be one of the funniest things of all time. Right. I, listen, I would if, if Biden tweeted some of that right now, I might pick up the phone. Actually, like I, yeah. I said, I wasn't going to phone, but if <laughs> I know you would be great. You would. I just want to. If, if he was just do like a, a a tweet every day, like every morning, you wake up and there's a tweet from the Biden account. It's like it's Monday morning, Jack. Come on, man. And every day is just the same thing, but with the with the swapping the day of the week. That also might make me <laughs> just like something like that. Like the problem with Trump is not that he tweets too much. is that the messaging behind what he's saying. Like, yeah, you know what? If 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 more if, if the president tweeting every day got more people involved in politics and interested in actual issues than like than like the president should tweet. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, what else? Oh, let's go back to the debate for a second because I don't want to forget this. That last fucking question. The, the On, one the little girl? Yeah. Oh, that's how, me when they do that. How the hell do you go from allowing Pence to just completely avoid answering all the questions, including her last question? All of a sudden, I had it already, but I can't remember. Do you remember what the last question was? I'm having a mental block right now. What the, before the, uh, the kid question, the eighth grader question. Uh, before the kid question, I know abortion was at the end, but I don't remember if that was the last one. Which Mike Pence also completely avoided, which Kamala failed again because his answer on abortion, I'm glad you brought this up. His answer on abortion would have been a, I don't want to say nail in the coffin, but extremely harmful 
to the Trump campaign, I think. Again, you have the evangelicals who love them. You have the Trump base who loves him. But anyone, those weirdos who are still, you know, the, the suburban women who are still, uh, I don't know, just drinking wine, don't know. Uh, <laughs> hearing someone say that they would make abortion illegal in this country would absolutely uh, give them a push. And if not them outright, maybe their their teenage daughter or their young adult daughter would have been like, you're fucking voting against them after hearing this shit. Do you hear me? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Can't believe that you would let him get away with that. But anyway, so after doing all that, they go to a question from an eighth grader about why the country can't be more unified and bipartisan. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? I saw a tweet. What? Who, who tweeted this? One second. I want to... Uh, Matt uh, Negrin, I think his name is. Uh, he tweeted, and that eighth grader's name? Chris Eliza. I mean, <laughs> really, that is a Chris Eliza type take. Yeah. It's so stupid, the both sidesing of this thing. First of all, how are you going to both sides debate? If there's any time to not both sides something, you ask one side one question directed to them. You ask the other side one question directed to them. You get them on the record talking about an issue that relates directly to their very specific partisan campaign. I mean, are you – give me – it just ugh, baffles me. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, they love to kind of – throw stuff like that in there to make it seem like, you know, they're being fair or to, you know, turn it into a, like polarity discourse of like, oh, you know, the problem is that no one gets along with each other. It's like, no, like the problem is that like people are extremely, can I swear on this, uh, extremely fucked right now, you know? And uh, yeah, I hate that. I hate that uh, centrist both sides garbage, you know? Um, especially because they were going in on pens earlier for both or for at least for uh for trump like both sides saying the nazi thing you know so it's like then they're gonna do that kind of shit too you know yeah right i mean i love i love how um how pence was like uh bringing they brought that section up where kamala was bringing up how trump can't um you know say uh, something uh condemn uh white supremacists and neo-nazis uh mike pence was like but he's got Jewish grandkids. I mean, come on. I know. I know. That was so bad. I mean, how is oh, Mike? I think the last question was, I think the last question before the, um, before the little girl question was about Breonna Taylor was, should those, uh, cops be prosecuted or right. go to jail or, yeah. Right. And also another, uh, great moment when, uh, Mike Pence is telling Kamala Harris, about uh about race issues you know what i mean like yeah a lot of legitimate criticism of kamala harris on issues of criminal justice but mike pence certainly isn't the person to make them yeah right yeah uh mr uh law and order campaign you guys are going to be the ones to uh criticize kamala harris on on law and order are you kidding me i mean she would she would have been one of your uh star prosecutors yes Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, to, I mean, for for Pence, uh, the 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 Jewish members of the Trump family uh, going to the Promised Land and the the like uh, and the apocalypse happening and the end of days happening is is literally what 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 his people believe is would would bring the second coming. So I mean, that's what he thinks of the Jewish people. Ugh, they're so weird. Surprised he was able to do this debate, by the way. You know, I'm surprised mother let him. Two, yeah, in the, I'm, in the same room with two women. Ooh. Yeah. No, I know. He was like, uh, he said that he admired Kamala Harris, and I was like, that is definitely the first time that you've ever said you admired a woman, except or no, Amy Coney Barrett, maybe too. He said, I don't know. He was he was trying to not seem as sexist as he clearly is. Right. Right. Well, Kate, uh, thank you so much for joining thank me tonight to run me. this down with me. Um, is there any final thoughts on the debate or the campaign, how it's going so far? I want to give you the, the last word here on this. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I guess, you know, 
if I if I do uh, if I do have a chance to plug something. Uh, oh, that I, was coming right after I got your final take. Like, of course. I was gonna say one thing that I've been feeling really strongly about uh, lately. If you have listeners in California, please vote no on Prop Twenty Two. I don't know if you've talked about that. I have show. not. You want to give a quick uh, yeah. rundown? So, so here's the quick rundown. So Prop 22, um, that uh, a, a while ago, I think it was like last, maybe last year, maybe earlier this year, probably last year, uh, California uh, passed a law that said uh, that there were very specific um, restrictions on like who could be classified as an independent contractor basically so that less companies could you know abuse and underpay their employees and Lyft and Uber and Instacart and DoorDash and all of these rideshare app companies uh, are spending like a hundred million dollars on this initiative prop 22 because California has like an experiment with direct democracy where uh, enough signatures can put a proposition directly on the ballot and then it becomes law. And so what this proposition says uh, is basically, you know, that um, people who work for Lyft and Uber and these rideshare companies are, are not uh, going to be classified as employees. Um, they're, they're not eligible for minimum wage. Um, they're, you know, they're not going to be eligible for the benefits is employees uh, will not have the right to unionize um and it, i think like perhaps most disgustingly this could only be overturned with seven eighths of the legislature so this is basically lyft and uber and these related companies just trying to buy the ability to write their own labor laws which in addition to being horrible for the people that work for these companies is also a very very disgusting precedent uh and they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on ads and so um it's you know really might pass so it's really important for people in california to spread the word vote no on 22 all that's right that's my I, yeah. no thank you yeah. and you, know what? you should plug your own stuff too tell everyone about reply guys i i love doing reply guys reply guys uh is my uh is my podcast with my friend Julia Claire, and we have a lot of uh, down ballot leftist candidates on that show, as well as journalists. This week, we just did a really great episode with Talia Laban, who just wrote a really interesting book on white supremacist movements in the United States. Um, we've had uh, a bunch of different candidates from all over the country. Um, we've had Ed Markey, Jabari Brisport, Ferris Soufran Forrest. We, tr you know, we try to keep our ear to the ground for like. Um, smaller races with leftist candidates that are, you know, doing really cool and interesting stuff and, uh, and, you know, have like a, a feminist comedy perspective to it. Uh, so I don't know. I love doing it. Please check it out. That small time Senator Ed Mackey. Well, no, he's definitely <laughs> the biggest you've ever had. So I have to like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how, you know, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. I had something else to say. Well, anyway, <laughs> Thank you for joining me tonight. Really appreciate it. Oh, where can people follow you on Twitter? There we go. I am at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. Uh, I have a comedy special on Netflix if you want to watch some stand-up. Uh, oh, yeah, just, so. just, just nonchalantly mentioning the little old Netflix special you have? Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, I'm just really, I'm cool. Um, but uh, no, this was such a, this is such a fun show, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank you for joining me. I'll let you get back to your, uh, your Netflix special with your, uh, you yeah, know, exactly. your, your, your little, but your, your little buddy, Ed Mackey. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. You're just throwing out these big things as if they're nothing. All right. Well, just know that if I had a Netflix special and had Ed Markey on the show, uh, it's all anyone would ever hear about. That's it. it the show would be 24 seven me plugging the Netflix special and telling everyone to just stop listening to this live episode and go back and catch the Ed Markey one. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, Kate. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to the super chat questions now. Uh, well, super chat comments. I don't know if you guys noticed. I got the old uh, VP debate stage behind me, complete with that. I can't even move my chair because I have so little room. With the uh, the uh, <laughs> plexiglass, um, but 
Anyway, let me get to the, um, where is it? Do, 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 do. Oh, wait, we had a bunch of Twitch watchers. What happened there? Where did all these Twitch people come from? And then where did they go? So just as fast. <laughs> um, cool. All right, so let's get to the questions here. Where'd they go? They're not all here. Oh, we got two super chats today. I forgot to plug the super chats. One says <laughs> Zoltar said, sent a Sheba dog in a combat position. Okay. And then um, <laughs> Samantha Sider, uh, who I really thought was a real person until Samantha Sider told me that it's a play on Sam Cedar's name, uh, sent me a super chat that says, Fly asserted dominance over Pence like a pool boy. Yes, it was uh, quite amazing. Quite amazing. I mean, that, that fly is all anyone's going to talk about, isn't it? Because it's the vice presidential debate. I mean, A, listen, this is how I sort of, I mean, obviously it was, it was more was said than the Trump-Biden debate where they were just, where Trump was just talking over everybody and no one got a sentence out that made any sense. But this was just constant talking points from Pence with Kamala sometimes addressing the question and then sometimes trying to push back on whatever Pence said. So, you know, it was more substantive, substantive than the, the previous debate between Trump and Biden, but anything would have been. So, you know, I, I think the fly is what everyone's going to be talking about. I mean, is it trending on Twitter right now? Uh, C asks, what about the debate did you like? I thought what Kamala, when, Kamala, when Kamala did make a point, she made good points. Except for the fracking thing. And except for the Green New Deal, you know, they're constantly trying to back away from it. Yet banning fracking and the Green New Deal are completely, are two completely very popular policies. Along with Medicare for all, obviously. So, I mean, I mean listen, I get why they're doing it. Because by their, you know, in their view, the, the groups that they need to still win over are not likely to be the groups that like the Green New Deal or what they know about the Green New Deal or the uh, or, or, or banning fracking. You know, they fall for the talking points or they're not, you know, they don't know the issue that well. I get why they're doing it. But then that's your point. That's your that's your chance to explain. You could you could nip the the right wing talking points and the attacks in the bud if you explain the issue. Otherwise, you're just constantly saying no. I don't support that every time they bring it up, and then it's up to the viewer to decipher. Oh, is it is, is it bad because is Trump telling the truth, or is uh, uh, Biden telling the truth on this? And and I'm guessing it's bad because no one wants it here. I, I can't quite know. If you just Educate them. You will nip that attack in the bud. They won't be able to use it anymore. I mean, it's just like the swine flu attack to me. You could make it like that. No one hears the swine flu attack except for Trump's base and you know Fox News viewers and thinks that's a good point. Even like people who are, people probably, people who, again, the people I'm talking about who are like, oh, I don't really know that much about that issue. They probably are like, the swine flu, I don't remember that. I mean, come on, make this their swine flu attack. Mariah with a super chat. Uh, flies and fracking. That's politics, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James says, uh, uh, I think Kamala was passive and chill because they didn't want to give Fox News any angry black woman clips to play swing state misogynists. Yeah, no, I, I get that. That's definitely played a role in that. But also, Kamala had no problem doing some of her, some of her, uh, you know, her her head bobs and and looks at uh, Biden, which I I I like, but that will certainly be used by those same people to play into that same trope. I mean, you know, Kamala does her you know search like the thing Hillary did in in 2016, where she bobbed her head back and forth at something Trump said, but of course Hillary is a white woman, so it didn't play that same way. But 
I'm glad Kamala did those things. Screw him. Screw him. She should do those things if that's who she is. Which, from the primary debates, we saw that same sort of reaction from her from things being said. So that clearly is who she is. I mean... C says, uh, I'll, I'll read some non-Super Chat questions as if they come up, if they're good. But Super Chats definitely get uh, get brought up. Um, James says, subtle shade isn't the same. Eh, it wasn't so subtle, to be honest. <laughs> they will turn that into something for sure. Especially those moments where she stopped and said, I'm speaking. And gave him a stare down and, and, and was silent for a couple of seconds to let it like let what she said simmer. They, they'll they'll play that. Uh Jeff Goldblum was trending, says Gatewood Goat. What? Why was Jeff Goldblum trending? What is trending on Twitter right now? What do we got? We got uh the plexiglass. Why is that trending? Uh Rick Santorum. What did Rick Santorum say? I got to see this. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Rick Santorum, uh, this is from uh, someone on uh, Twitter. Rick Santorum telling Van Jones he is wrong about racial stereotypes applied to black women really is, is really something. Right. And I just want to differentiate, really drive home the difference between what I'm saying and what Rick Santorum is saying, just in case anyone is like, oh, but you're just doing... No, 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 no. I am aware that those racial stereotypes exist. Rick Santorum is saying they do not. I know they exist. What I'm saying is Kamala said, said fuck them. Uh, see people talk about Ken Bones still? What a weirdo Ken Bone is. Apparently that guy in the sweater from the 2016 debates who went viral, who said he didn't know who he was voting for. He came out today and said he was... First, there was the the news stories where they had said he wasn't sure who he was voting for. And then he came out and said in 2016 he voted for Hillary, but this year he voted for the Libertarian candidate. Listen, I get voting third party in 2016. I don't know how you... And if you're someone who voted third party in 2016 and you're voting third party again this year, I get you too. I do not get the Hillary 2016 voter to the <laughs> third party 2020 voter. That is one bizarre traje- trajectory there. That is, uh, that's quite something. He voted for the libertarian candidate. Maybe Ken Bone is the ultimate feminist. He just votes for the woman candidate because the Libertarian Party nominee is a is a woman. Ken Bone. Who knew? Oh, right. Jeff Goldblum played the fly, right? I wasn't even thinking of the movie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. James says, Rick Santorum fired a friend of mine from his job for being gay. No surprise, but that's an interesting story that I think requires a little bit more... Uh, 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 oh, he bought into Funimation and fired him, uh, uh, who, uh, one of the best designers, after he met him and realized he was gay. Jeez. Zoe telling me the name of the uh, libertarian candidate. Joe Jorgensen? Is it Jorgensen? Right. Well, yeah. (sighs) Folks, tomorrow, I believe I will be, once again, co-hosting the Majority Report, the fun half, with the uh, MR Thursday crew. Um, You know, Sam never tells me anything, but I believe I'm I'm, I'm co-hosting tomorrow. But then after that, and I'm very excited about tomorrow's um, episode of Doomed, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, youtube.com slash Bender. Parker Malloy of Media Matters, one of my favorite people, will be joining the show. And we will be, do- we will be going through 
we're we're gonna try to really like like settle this because because we're gonna really try to break this down here. We're going to go through Trump's week with the coronavirus. Now, last week's show, Thursday night, ended around what, like eleven thirty. The big breaking news at that moment was the Melania tapes. I bet you don't even remember them at this point. Where she said, you know, fuck the kids, fuck Christmas. Talking about the, you know, it was amazing. But right after the show ended, about like an hour later, Trump comes out and says he's got COVID. So tomorrow, Parker will join me and we will go through this week with about Trump. It's going to be... It's going to be a fun episode, I think. Um, he definitely still has COVID. Don't let any of the shit you're hearing from them fool you. The dude is sick. And don't be surprised that once all the drugs wear off, he gets even sicker than he was last weekend. But we're going to go through it all. It'll be a good time. YouTube.com slash Matt Binder for the YouTube show. Uh, for the Twitch folks, and if you want to watch on Twitch, this show... Also simultaneously streams on Twitch, twitch.tv slash mapbender. Uh, also, you can uh, catch the podcast right after at doomedpod.com. And then uh, follow me on Twitter at mapbender. Follow me wherever. Just search mapbender, Instagram, mapbender. No, um, oh, most important thing, patreon.com slash mapbender. Listen, I get times are tough. And also there's a lot of other shows out there, but I really would like to expand this show. And there was a, a point where, where there was a, a, a healthy dose of new people coming in every month, you know, even under the pandemic. You know, at first we lost a few people who were probably worried about what was going to happen, but then they came back or, or new people filled their, their shoes and we, we broke three figures for the Patreon, which, you know, might not be a lot to some other people on Patreon, but to this show... It was a big deal for me. Um, but, you know, I think coronavirus and other things have hit people again with no more stimulus packages. And there are still people getting fired. And some places are getting re-put under some sort of lockdown measures. And we've lost a few patrons. And we haven't grown in that capacity or, or had anyone come in to fill those shoes like we've previously seen. So if you could become a patron, I'd really appreciate it. If you can patreon.com slash mapbender I really want to be able to do more stuff um, I, I might just force myself to do it regardless in hopes that that equals more patrons just people seeing it at first but you know uh, also uh, it's hard to do uh, in terms of uh, you know with work and, and kids if there's not uh, equal uh, you know time spent on, on that stuff too um, you know if I'm making money doing it, it it makes a lot more sense I could tell the family sorry this this pays the bills. <laughs> um, so patreon.com slash Matt Binder if you can. Uh, again, I, I would like to do more content. So it would be worth it'd be worth your while. I, I wouldn't just take the money and be like, oh, sit back and do less. It would it would literally I would I would give you guys more. Trust me. And to all you patrons who are who are already on board with me, I can't thank you enough for, for supporting the show. You're the reason I'm able to do this, period. You're the reason I'm able to upgrade the equipment, camera. More upgrades will be coming on the way due to what you guys have been able to do for me. Uh, again, all the money that you give goes right back into the show. Uh, when I say I hope it gets to the point where it pays the bills, it means it's not at that point yet. Right now, I use that money to completely go back into growing the show. Um, so, yeah. Uh, wait, there was one more Super Chat. I don't let the Super Chats go. Um, super chats get read. Dustin with a super chat. Very ready to burn some bridges and pressure the hell out of the Biden administration. Tired of being polite to the center right. Right. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. We can be balls to the wall, completely full force, knocking them. Dirtbag left like it was in the primaries, completely knocking them, putting the pressure on them, turning people against them in 27, 28 days. We just need to keep our eyes on the prize right now. Listen, you want to criticize the Dems for failures right now? Sure. But again, eyes on the prize. 
we got to defeat the Trump administration right now. That's my views. And and that's the only people who could do that is the Biden-Harris ticket. And we can get full on board, like pressure like they've never seen. Yeah. Just like Trump said last week, you know, Biden was wearing the biggest mask you've ever seen. We could put the biggest pressure on the Biden-Harris administration that the Dems have ever seen from the left. But we got to get to that point first. Uh, see you guys tomorrow, probably in the majority port, most likely in the majority port. And also 9.30 p.m. Eastern time right here, youtube.com slash Binder with Parker Malloy of Media Matters. Uh, Patreon.com slash Binder if you can. Uh, otherwise, see you all next time on Doomed.